Welcome back. You made it. Thank you for joining us today. This is Don't Touch My Sasquatch. We're the podcast that explores the mysteries of the cryptid, the creepy, and the unexplainable. We're still your host. I will continue to... Oh, crap. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> I am Josh. I continue to be Lennon. I stole his line. That's my Indeed you line. are, and I will be Josh. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at Don't Touch My Sasquatch Pod. Go to our website at DontTouchMySasquatch.com. If you are enjoying the content and you want to support, show your support, please. Enjoy, join, G's, and <laughs> P's and Q's. If, you are, uh, if you're enjoying the content, join our Patreon for ad-free episodes, exclusive content, and much more. Also, like, share, and leave us a rating. This will all help us to get seen by more people. Well, that was fun. Wow, I went in with energy and I totally lost what I was saying. (laughs) Worked our way through that. (laughs) We sure did. Well, you did at least. I sat here patiently. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, that's my line. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I still have the intro written out. I'm not 100% there yet. So I skipped a line. So, Lennon, I have a question for you. Yep. What do you get when you mix a traumatic experience, a house built on land deemed too demonic, for the local Native American tribe to use as a burial mound, okay. and a new young family moving in. Uh, so I start by solving for X, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then you go to N. Uh, let's see. I'll carry the one, follow the three. Uh, I think you get a recipe for fuckery. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I had that middle part. I didn't know where it was going to end, so thanks for taking it. <laughs> I saw the smoke coming, and I just jumped in, baby. We are talking about part two of the Amityville Horror. Part two. Part two. Second part. The Lutz family. Those silly fools. Silly gooses. So the Lutz family, on December 18th, 1975, they moved in. George, 28, Kathleen, or Kathy, for the rest of this episode, 30, Daniel, nine, Christopher, seven, and Melissa, who will be con- called Missy, five. They moved into 112 Ocean Ave, and, well, 28 days later, they got the fuck out. Got out of there. They abandoned it and left all their possessions. Everything. like Left what? their possessions? They left everything. Except, yeah. Shit. Yeah. So Did I knew that? No, I knew that they left, but I didn't know that they were yeah. just like. They left one Oops. day. They left one day. Um, we'll get to that near the end, but they left. They just packed enough clothes to take with them, and everything else was left at the house. Damn. No, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They bought the house from, uh, well, the DeFeos, obviously. Yeah. Um, probably not them. Yep. Actually, no. Yeah, yeah. I think it was still probably in Robert's estate. De- by his, in, his, uh, in his name. Uh, they bought it for $80,000, and they didn't have enough furniture to furnish the whole house, so they also, get this, Bought some of the DeFeo's furniture that was left in storage. For $400, they got a dining room set, a girl's bedroom set for Missy, a TV chair, and Ronald DeFeo's bedroom furniture. Holy shit. That's a fun time. I mean... The girl's bedroom set? A girl's bedroom set. Which, fuck. Hopefully not the mattress. Yeah. Um, Ronald, his room... Yeah. ...was the one with the two eye windows. Was it? Yeah. That was not in my research. Yep. By the way, all this is coming from the book, The Amityville Horror by 
Stand by one. Jay Anson. I uh, got this book free from Audible. If you have a, if you have Audible, you get a free book, or you can get the book for free. Is what I meant to say. But you do get a book with a subscription. If you do the subscription, they give you credits every month. So I generally take the the credits and I use it on books that cost more than the um, monthly like subscription. subscription. Yeah, because yeah, you know I'm that kind of dick. Um, <laughs> I'll buy the books that are less than the subscription. And I will use the credits. Free credit. There you go. Free book. Anyway, so I do that we as well. are, when I'm on my walks, I'm doing cardio. I like to listen to, to books or music, depending on my mood. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it easy with Audible. Sure. Um, they also, by the way, are one of our affiliates. Did you know that? Oh, they so are. So if you are interested, check out the show notes. You can go to our website, don'ttouchmysasquatch.com. Go to our affiliate page. You can kind of click. If you are not... Signed up to Audible, I would highly recommend it. And if you sign up with our affiliate link, for those of you that don't know, we get a little bit of a kickback when you sign up. So it helps support us, and you get what you want. And there's no extra cost to you. Exactly. So back to the the book. Mm -hmm. Um, All the information I got was from the Amityville Horror Mm -hmm. book that I listened to. Um, Some of the names and places... Go ahead and move. Get it, big boy. (laughs) Um, Some of the names and places have, have been changed... They've been changed um, to protect, you know. Family. Yeah, all that. La familia. So this comes off of their account. The author interviewed, I think they had vocal recording. Like he had them recorded on vocal, both Kathleen George, Mm -hmm. as well as some of the accounts from the priest, Father Mancuso. Oh. A couple of the police that were around and Mm -hmm. to corroborate. Corroborate. Uh, Corroborate. Corroborate. (laughs) Continue talking. Corroborate the accounts to, to make it more credible. So anyways, he, ooh, what happened? Your volume was way down for some reason. Oh. I don't know why. You were... Am I better? Yeah, sounds good now. Yeah, okay, I'm going to move that back. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, a little technical error with the mics. I was apparently being pushed out of the podcast by Lennon. He really turned my mic down. We're back. Anyways... The book is where I got the information. So we're going to start and go through this day by day because there is a lot of notes. Great. It's only 13 pages. So buckle in. Buckle up. Strap up. (laughs) Try strapping in. Don't strap up. (laughs) Misspoke. Grab your comfy blankie. Cuddle it nice and tight. You're in for a ride. (laughs) That creepy voice did not work. I liked it. On December 18th, when the Lutz family moved in, Father Frank Mancuso, who they asked to bless the house, Mm -hmm. woke up with an uneasy feeling that he could not shake all day for some reason. This whole day, he had lunch with friends before he had to go to the the house, who then said, you do realize this is the the murder house. The Fayos. Thank you. The Fayos murder house. So Which he then said, oh, I didn't make that connection. He woke up with this feeling in a... Uneasiness. At his own residence? His own residence. Oh, okay. He, had, he knew he had to bless the house that day. Yeah. And he was feeling uneasy about it for some reason. Okay. So after lunch with his friends, he went... <laughs> so after lunch with his friends, he went to the house to go bless it. In blessing the house, they get holy water, which they flick 
over the house and they say a little accompanying ritual blessing. Mm-hmm. So when he started doing this, his first flick of water and started saying the blessing, he heard a loud masculine voice clearly say, get out. Oh, shit. I would put myself right there. <laughs> they won. The voice was clear and it was coming from behind him. Now, mm-hmm. he didn't. it didn't say what room. I'm assuming it's like right, whatever the first room is you walk in the house. So yeah. that was basically the only thing that really happened while he was blessing the house. But that was right off the bat. Told him to get out. Afterwards, he had lunch with his mother at her house. When arriving, she looked at him and asked uh, why he looked off. Mm-hmm. So Frank went into the bathroom, looked in the mirror, and saw some dark circles under his eyes. Um, couldn't explain it. He had a good night's sleep before. Just random dark circles came. It gets worse for him. Poor guy. Now, Josh, all, he, you, all he did was bless the house, and now he's going to have to go through hell? <laughs> Oy. You've been told to get out before, haven't you? <laughs> Funny you should ask. <laughs> I was told. It was December 5th, 1921. <laughs> I'm going to restart that. It was December 5th, ni- it was in 19. It was 2021. <laughs> I went back in time. Jesus. Was that accidental? <laughs> it was Holy accidental. shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so far back. He <laughs> <laughs> said the right second part of the year. There you go. Uh, December 5th, 2021, the day before my birthday. Yep. It was actually the day my father passed. The morning before, so it was... Oh, shit, like three in the morning or something. I can't remember exactly the time. Mm -hmm. I lost the notes. Somehow, I've told you this, I sent you the screenshot of the notes. Yeah. And then since then, they're gone. And they're gone off my phone, too. Are they really? Yeah, I It was the weirdest fucking thing. So, yeah, I had one of the sleep paralysis um, episodes, and, yeah, I heard a voice say over and over, get out, get out. It was a man's voice, but it wasn't scary, and it wasn't, like, Loud, mm. so but it was uh, it was three or four times I think I said get out yeah over and that. over yeah. um yeah that is scary when you're going through a you know sleep paralysis that's already fucking scary yeah even going through it all the time so anyways after he had lunch with his mother he was driving home when his vehicle hood flipped up. Just randomly opened while he was driving. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, indeed. Then all of a sudden, his passenger door, wide open. <laughs> I'm loving these sound effects. <laughs> Bring a little flare, baby. That is fantastic. <laughs> so now he has the hood open, the passenger side door open, uh-huh. and he's frantically trying to brake. No brakes? No brakes. But the car stalled out, so it came to a stop. Jesus. He didn't know what the fuck just happened, so he called a priest friend of his who then drove him to the mechanic. You need to call him back up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drove him to the mechanic where they had the car then towed to, mm-hmm. which they couldn't get the tar, the tar. They couldn't get the car started. So he left it there and returned home. About an hour after his friend dropped him off at his home, his friend called him and he told him, you would never guess what happened to me. Which then, of course, all our natural reaction would be like, oh, God, what happened? Apparently, while he was driving home after dropping uh, Father Mancuso off at his house, his windshield wipers randomly just started flipping back and forth. (laughs) 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 And he couldn't turn them off. He couldn't stop them. They just kept going. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So... (laughs) 
Don't be sorry. So nothing really happened to the Lutz family that day, or at least nothing was said to happen other than them moving in and mm. starting agitated as, you know, you do when you're moving into a new place. It's a lot of stuff. Mm. You're moving shit and people are getting in your way and the kids are <laughs> turning into Dino from the Flintstones, apparently. Um, <laughs> that sound effect did not work. So, <laughs> so the, the night of that night. Yep. So that night was December 19th. It was around 3.15 a.m. By the way, something I don't think we mentioned last week. Oh, we did mention it. When was the, the Defoe murder? When was it estimated it happened again? DeFeo. DeFeo. 3.30. 3.30? A.m. Yeah. So at 3.15 a.m., George heard, this is going to be a, a trend, by the way, yeah. heard a loud knocking sound. So he went to the sewing room. Now, the sewing room was a room, I think, down the hall a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then the window faced the river and the boathouse. Mm-hmm. So he looked out the window to see what the knocking sound was, and he heard another knock. And then he heard cracking sound and creaking coming from above him, which mm-hmm. the boys' room was above them. Mm-hmm. He just figured it was a toy that had fallen off the kid's bed and thought nothing of it. When he looked back outside the window... He saw a shadow moving around the boathouse. The shadow was close to Harry, the family dog. Mm-hmm. They kept outside in the middle of fucking winter. Poor dog. So Harry started barking as the shadow moved around the boathouse. This is when George decided he wanted to go check it out. He went back into the bedroom, told Kathleen he saw something, and just wanted to check it out by the boathouse. He went outside, realized it was just the door. Mm-hmm. All this, it was just the door. He thought he locked it. Apparently, either he didn't or something unlocked it, mm-hmm. and it was just banging. So George went back to bed, finally fell asleep around 6 a.m. That mm-hmm. is not a restful night. No. Not at all. Not much. <laughs> right? All that day, though, all the following, not the following, all that day, George was in a foul mode. Um, things that would usually not bother him was overly bothering him. And he kept complaining about the house being freezing and that the kids were making too much noise. So mm. he was he's very agitated. Yeah. Which was unlike him, Kathy, Kathy said. And then we moved to December 20th, 1975. Guess what time he woke up again? About 3.30-ish. About 3.15. He woke up at 3.15. But this time he was just worried that he didn't lock the boathouse door. For some reason, he just woke up and was worried. Hmm. So he went out and he checked it and then went back to bed. That's all you got there. Wonderful. Yeah, and no suspense, but this is a theme. Over the next two days, the family started going through personality changes as well as others. For example, George hadn't shaven or showered since moving in. And he kept giving rough, like he owned a business, by the way. He kept giving rough, uh, he's very rough with his employees. Mm-hmm. Just very snappy and rough. I yeah. don't know what else word to use for yeah. it. <laughs> this he's, is like what, day four, three, four? We're still on day three. Three? So he hasn't showered in three days. Yes. Day three. And he hasn't Gross. showered. Oh, it gets better. It's about a week before he showers. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so he also kept complaining about how cold the house was, even though the thermostat had it at like 70-something degrees. Mm-hmm. He was freezing. 
the wife, his wife Kathy, and the two kids, three kids. There's three of them. Three. There are three. Weren't complaining. It wasn't that cold for them. Yeah. But he kept shoving logs into the fire to heat it up and sitting by the fire just staring at the fire. And he kept going out to the boat house. He just felt drawn to it for some reason. The children bothered him constantly for no reason. Ever since the move, he said they or he said they were brats, misbehaved monsters. They wouldn't listen. Unruly children that must be severely punished. Hmm. A little angry. A little aggressive. A little aggressive. When it came to the kids, Kathy felt the same way. And from the tension of moving, as well as remember this is December 20th, so Christmas is right around the corner. So she's getting ready for Christmas. Mm-hmm. She's having a little bit of a strained relationship with George because of his attitude, his temper. So everything's building up for her, too. Mm-hmm. So things are annoying her, too. Well, on the fourth night, December 21st, she had enough and she exploded. Her and George beat the shit out of the kids, all three of them, with a strap and a large wooden spoon. Holy shit. Because the kids accidentally cracked a pane of glass in the playroom, the half moon window. Yeah. Yeah. They accidentally cracked glass. What the fuck? And what day was this? Like day of the month? This was day four. So this was uh, December 21st. Okay. So you're three days away from Christmas and you're beating the living piss out of your kids. Beating the shit out of them. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) So the next day, December 22nd now. So... that was the only thing that happened December 21st. They were still agitated. They were unpacking, getting ready, and they whipped the shit out of the kids, which... Jesus. Yeah. Next day, the kids were in the playing room. Playroom? Playing room? Playing room. By the way, playroom. <laughs> Kathleen was at the table writing a Christmas list, getting ready. She was upset by the way her and George hit the kids the night before. When something came up from behind her and embraced her. What? It felt like someone patting her hand. The touch was reassuring, like the touch of a mother would give to comfort her daughter. Mm-hmm. So it was like some comforting spirit because there was no one there. When all of a sudden, Chris called for her to come upstairs to the bathroom. <laughs> it's always a good time. Yeah, come on, come to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, great. I got to wipe the shit's ass. Um, <laughs> the shit's ass. The shitty ass is what I meant to say. Wipe the shit's ass. <laughs> <laughs> the shitty ass. So... When she went upstairs to the bathroom where all three kids were standing, she looked inside the toilet where they pointed. <laughs> so when she went upstairs to the bathroom where all three kids were, she looked in the toilet where the kids were staring and telling her to look, and the whole inside of the toilet was stained black, which annoyed her because she literally... <laughs> Sorry. Don't be. Which annoyed her because literally she just cleaned the fuck out of the toilets or the whole house when she came in. So she told Chris, go get the Clorox from my room, please. I don't know if she said please. I'm adding it in because I want to be nice. <laughs> Give her the best. So <laughs> Chris then went to her bathroom, got the Clorox, and immediately called for mom. Come check this out. That bathroom toilet was also stained black. And it stunk in there. As, uh, as Kathy went into the bedroom, this, this overwhelmingly strong smell of perfume that wasn't hers hit her when she went in the bathroom it was a wretched horrible smell in the bathroom mm-hmm. so now you got perfume in the bedroom i don't know i'm gonna say shit smell in the bathroom i don't really know they didn't really specify what the smell smelled like mm-hmm. but yeah it smells terrible so she called george yeah getting the whole family you know and like 
hey, Ma, come check this turd out. <laughs> when your father gets a load of this one, <laughs> be so proud of you. Good boy. <laughs> so when George went up there, he uh, obviously smelled the smells and saw the toilet. Saw the sights. <laughs> saw the sights. And he, he decided they needed to air the place out. Obviously. Yep. So he opened the windows to, to air it out, and it, eventually the smell went away. Mm-hmm. When he went to the fourth bedroom, which was the sewing room, by the way, the window had hundreds of flies. It was the middle of winter, mind you. Mm-hmm. Flies don't really, you know, we have winter around here. We do. How many flies do you see in the middle of winter? Zip. All over the window, flies. Really? Infestation. So while George was cleaning up, the flies are getting rid of them, have the window open, shooing them out, killing all the ones that left over. Kathleen then cleaned the toilets the best she could, of course, trying to get rid of the black. It helped, but it didn't really get rid of the black stain on the toilet. Mm-hmm. The hell is it? Like, what is that? Ectoplasm? Something. Seriously, though, like, how's the toilets all of a sudden become stained black? Like the porcelain stained black. Yeah, it's weird. Inside the bowl. Well, they also have that stench that goes along too with it. Now, granted, I know everyone's making jokes about how it's in a, a bathroom and there's a stench and the toilets are stained, but... They say that the stench of human feces generally follows... Uh, it's either demons or... Yeah, or it's the sulfur. Devil. Yeah. Um, but they didn't say if it was human feces or not yet. But, it, yeah, so that's what happened on day five. Spooky. Not, if, that, if that's scaring you, you better go grab a teddy bear. I can't wait. <laughs> So on day six, this is December 23rd, two days away from Christmas. You will never guess what happened. 315. 315, he woke up, he went downstairs, and he found the front door open and hanging from one hinge. What? First off, no one woke up to that? Yeah. Kind of goes back to last episode, remember? Uh No one woke up to the gunshots? No one's waking up to some of this stuff? Yep. Not saying they're connected, but... It's kind of weird. Like, how was Butch couldn't get that door open? Oh, wow, that's because it was locked, and he was a druggie and didn't know what the hell was going on. So when he looked at the door, it was the knob was twisted and completely off centered. So it had some force to it. Those, it's hard to bend metal mm-hmm. and make it off centered. The metal facing was bent back, as if someone was trying to pry it open, but from the, on the inside. Hmm. Weird. Very. Thermostat read 80 degrees, and guess who was still cold? Old Papa Bear. Old Papa Bear. Georgie Lutz. <laughs> um, so later that day, or well, that was in the morning, so and, oh, so they're sleeping with the door wide open. Anyways, <laughs> later that day, the lock, the locksmith came, fixed the door, and before he left, he said the Tefeos once called him before to fix the boathouse door. Once the door was closed from the inside, it would jam and the person on the inside would be locked in. Hmm. Weird, right? Mm-hmm. So later that day, Kathleen found Missy sitting in a small rocking chair in her room, just looking outside the window, humming an unfamiliar tune. Missy then got up, walked into the sewing room, went through a couple unopened boxes, returned back to the rocking tear, chair in the bedroom, and continued her humming. Unexplained. Don't know what, just weird behavior from a kid. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, still at this point, it could just be weird behavior from a kid. Like, oh, well, I want a toy. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> well, you know. But here's the weird part. She then asked her mother, 
Mama, do angels talk? Hmm. But before she could answer, she was startled from a crash that came from upstairs. <laughs> it was just the two brothers fighting. Ah. Uh, they were trying to kill each other. Aye. Not not literally, but, you know, you have a brother. You know how that goes. Yes, I put my brother into a couple walls. I, I bet you did. He's but younger and a lot smaller, so he couldn't do it. He still is a lot smaller, but he's... <laughs> but you two are close. I yes. You're very close. So, kids fight. That's yes. the, that's nothing weird happening here, just kids yes. fighting. So, Kathleen walked downstairs to cool down before, you know, going crazy on the kids again. And as she walked into the closet in her bedroom, there was a horrid smell. Horrible smell. On the first day she... Or on the first day they moved in, she hung a crucifix on the wall mm-hmm. in the closet, yep. in the cl- bedroom closet. Yep. Now this crucifix was upside, upside down. down. <sighs> How'd it go? And that was how day six ended. Creepy, if you ask me. A little bit. Now we're on Christmas Eve, day Ooh. seven, December 24th. Father Mancuso, hey, he makes his return. No, not to the house, though. He, uh, he came down with a flu. He had a 103-degree temperature. Then he woke up around 4 a.m., and his temperature was 104, so it was getting worse. Again, could be nothing right now. But he woke up around 4. The second time, yeah. Oh, Still no, no, he started having the, the flu. I'm sorry. Read the note better. <laughs> he had the flu in the 23rd, the night of the 23rd. Mm. The, the 4 o'clock time was when he woke up, and it was 104. Mm-hmm. He kept envisioning a, a room in the house. One that overlooked the boathouse. He kept thinking to himself, just evil. As he thinks, thought of this room, evil. Now you know what the room is. It's the sewing room. Mm-hmm. The fun sewing room that keeps making its appearance. Mm-hmm. 5 p.m., he decided to call George Lutz. Mm-hmm. George began to tell him what had been happening uh, at the house, mostly just Christmas-related, nothing spooky. Because nothing really spooky happened at this point. Yeah. There's really nothing that can't be explained that has happened yet. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like a laying the foundation. Mm-hmm. So Father Mancuso then told George they didn't want them going back into the sewing room. When suddenly there was this loud, crackling, static noise that kept both men from hearing each other. Just cut the call off from them. Mm-hmm. Just loud, static. <laughs> That just that, that wasn't static. That just sounds like a very hard can open. <laughs> like someone couldn't get the can open. <laughs> so Frank then Frank. Father Mancuso. Frank we're on, we're on first name basis. <laughs> uh, Father Mancuso tried to call back George. No answer. Just mm. kept ringing and ringing. George also tried to call back Father Mancuso. And the same thing happened. The call just kept ringing and ringing. They couldn't get a hold of each other. Mm-hmm. And then they left it at that. Kathleen's mother and brother later that day. Now we're going back in time a little bit because that was Father Mancuso's account. Now we'll go back. Kathleen's mother and brother came over that day to uh, to visit the house, visit them and the house. It wasn't just the house, even though this is like an amusement park. <laughs> caffeine. Caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of caffeine. <laughs> Kathy kept complaining to her mother that George has changed since moving in. He won't shower. He won't shave. 
And he keeps complaining about the house being cold. He also will not leave the house to go to work. So this has been a week now, and he hasn't gone into his business. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know he owns the business, but you got to kind of run it. Yeah. All he does is sit by the fire, complaining that it's cold. Every night, around 3.15, he'll go check the boathouse. He's obsessed with the boathouse for some reason. Checks every night at 3.15? At 3.15. He wakes up, worries about the boathouse, goes and checks it. Every night to this point. Eventually, that kind of stops. Meanwhile, Kathleen's brother, Jimmy, helped George decorate the tree and asked George if there was a window open because he felt a cold draft on the back of his neck. George said no, and he had the urge to go check the sewing room for some reason where the window was wide open, but there are no flies at least. (laughs) To start. Right? At least there's no flies. I'm sure he had some kind of like revelation moment when Jimmy was like, hey, you cold? He's like, I fucking told you, fuckers. God (laughs) damn it. Where's the sewing room? (laughs) Uh, well, (laughs) Well, suddenly there's a loud crack and knocking outside again. And Harry started barking. Remember, Harry's the dog, so it's not like a child barking. That'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Harry started barking up a storm. While this was happening, a man observed George run out of the house, close the boathouse door, and then the man picked up the uh, microphone on the car radio, and he said, Zapatero, this is Sergeant John Frieda. You can call your friend back and tell them that the people at 112 Ocean Ave are home. Hmm? Exactly. So Sergeant Frieda was doing patrol, saw George run out of the house, run to the boathouse, close the boathouse door, and then he radioed to whoever this Zapatero is, Mm -hmm. um, saying, this is John Frieda. You can call your friend back and tell them that the people in 112 Ocean Ave are home. Okay. I would love to elaborate on this, but... I can't. So oh. I'm assuming, though, I'm assuming it's Father Mancuso. I, I really don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm maybe. assuming, though. But they never elaborated who this person he was talking to was. That would make sense, yeah. Uh, or why this was important. And and Sergeant Frieda makes, I think, one more appearance when he's just on patrol and sees a madman opening windows in the house. We'll get to that. Ooh. So, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I included it because it was noted in there, so. But now we're on to Christmas. Oh, Christmas, the old happy days. Oh, happy days. Maybe not in this house. (laughs) Well, no, because no one went freaking Christmas shopping, so the kids really didn't have toys. What? Right? Gross. Well, I mean, Santa brought them gifts. (laughs) Santa must have been scared by the demon. (laughs) So the morning of Christmas, on the morning of Christmas, Kathleen woke up during the night. She was laying on her stomach, and she was panically panically saying... She was shot in the head. I heard the explosion in my head. She was shot in the head. This was actually how Luis DeFeo was murdered. Uh, a detail that was not released to the public at that time, by the way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fucking creepy. Yeah. Um, it's like a premonition, if you will. Anyways, George calmed her down. Helped, not held her, but kind of calmed her down and helped her to fall back asleep. And then guess what he did? He checked the fucking boathouse again. Of course, it's with this goddamn boathouse. It's fucking boat so he went out to the boathouse. He checked it. The door was locked. Everything seemed fine. He was walking back to the house. He looked up at the house mm-hmm. in the general direction of, well, Missy's room. And there he saw standing in the window, Missy, staring right at him. 
And right behind Missy, he was sure he had saw what was looking back. Uh, he sure he was sure he saw looking back at him a set of pig-like red eyes. Pig? Pig. P-I-G. Huh. Pig eyes. Red. That's new. Glowing red. So as any father would do, he ran up to his daughter's room to check mm-hmm. on her to make sure she was all right. Yeah, she was just sleeping, fast asleep in her bed. He went oh, over. Sleeping. Just sleeping. She's sleeping. Hmm. He went over to the bed, checked on her. When suddenly he heard a creak come from behind him, he swung around, looked, saw nothing except for the small rocking chair rocking back and forth. Oh, fuck that. Fuck that indeed. Did you imagine seeing the rocking chair? Just rocking by itself after seeing your daughter in the window with a pig. The pig man. Pig man. (laughs) Oh, God. So later that day. That's a weird transition, but we're going with it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Later the day, uh, George and Kathleen told the kids to stay out of the sewing room. Not allowed to go in anymore. The kids were all talking. They were curious. Why Why aren't we allowed to go in the showing room anymore? They were talking to, them, not to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when Missy piped up. It's because Jody's in there. He's my friend. He's a pig. Oh. Okay. <laughs> F that. Yeah. So around 9 p.m. after supper, Kathleen went up to get Missy ready for bed. As she approached, she heard Missy talking to someone in her room by herself. Isn't the snow beautiful, Jody? As she entered the room, she saw Missy sitting in the rocking chair by the window alone. Uh-uh. So Kathy walked over to uh, to talk to Missy and asked, who are you talking to, Missy? And while she, Missy was looking over into the corner where her toys was, were, she said, just Jody. He is, my, he is my friend and was a pig, is a pig. No one else can see him, just me. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so this was in the playing room, actually. This was not in our room. But the uh, playing room was freezing. Meanwhile, Father Mancuso, still suffering from the flu, was sweating uncontrollably, even though he couldn't, even though he could see his breath in the air. So he could see his breath, and he's sweating like crazy. Mm-hmm. He still has the flu. Just a quick cut to, like, wherever he's currently at? Yeah, they just did a quick cut. I was trying to work out how I wanted to. Okay. Work that in. Oh, I'm worried about him now. I want to know. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he dies. Um, no. The betrayal. Kidding. All right. So on the next day, this is the day after Christmas. Now the kids obviously were upset on Christmas Day. Yeah. They didn't really get any toys. I mean, they had some toys, mm-hmm. but that was mostly from the grandma and uncle. Mm-hmm. Uncle Jimmy. They brought some toys. So the next day, uh, it was Kathleen's brother's wedding. The pit, the pids, the kids' playroom was still freezing cold. The kids' playroom is Ronald's old bedroom, right? Yes. Okay. Ronald's old bedroom. That is correct. <laughs> Kathleen continued to uh, become more cranky and impatient since moving in. So every day, she just is is more snapping at the children and just pissed off. Short. Short. And every day since the toilet bowl incident, she's been continuing to scrub the toilet bowls, trying to get it clean. The black is going away, but it's still staining the toilet. <laughs> the turlet. <laughs> the turlet. She's still staining the turlet. Now Kathleen is uh, back in the kitchen when she felt a presence in there. 
She looked around but saw no one. She was still in the kitchen alone. And she smelled the smell of the familiar perfume. Perfume. I like the theatrics on that. I, I tried, but as I got closer to the mic, it was getting a little too loud. Just bailing. I, yeah, it was a little too loud. So she smelled the smell of the perfume again. It was getting stronger. And it was like it was coming closer. She then felt a body pressing up against her with, with the arms around the waist again. Then the sweet smell became heavier and the grip became tighter around her. As she struggled to move away, she heard a whisper. <laughs> so as she struggled to move away, she heard a whisper mm-hmm. and Kathleen shouted, no, leave me alone. And the embrace tightened. Oof. Right? She then felt the hand on her shoulder, like the reassuring hand that patted on the her hand. Yeah. Now it's on her shoulder. And then it was gone. So I was like, that was that's mixed signals. Yeah. It's like, you're telling me to go away, so I'm gonna squeeze tighter. I'm just kidding, it's okay. Uh-huh. Like two different entities. That's kind of where I was kind of thinking. Yeah, you think so? We'll see. So then Missy came out or came into the kitchen and touched her arm, which startled her, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back at the kitchen uh, door, Missy said, Jody said you shouldn't cry. He says everything will be all right soon. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Done. <laughs> Cut it. We're out. That's, that's it. No. Well, nope. it, yeah, I would say no, too. <laughs> this is only day nine, by the way. Fuck that. Day nine. Yeah, I would already have been like... Can we still get out of this place? Like the I'm minute gone. my kids start talking about <laughs> a pig man that only they can right. see. <laughs> no. Oh my god! Well, for all of you that are listening, including you, Lennon, because you've expressed that's this. me. <laughs> Father's Mancuso, Father Mancuso's temperature finally and suddenly broke at about eleven a.m. that day. Oh, so he's good now. He's oh, good. Yeah. Anybody that's worried for the first time in nine days, George finally shaved and showered. That stinky son of a bitch was almost 10 days before he shaved and showered. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Maybe that was the smell in the house. Good Lord. <laughs> it was the fucking. Yeah, it smells like ass in here, you know. No, that's just George. He hasn't showered in 10 days. <laughs> He's got to check the bow house first, though. <laughs> oh, the door's locked. We're good. All right, good. Yep, yeah, still there. <laughs> All right, we're good. Well, this is for Jimmy's wedding, though, so Kathleen asked him to shower and oh, get ready yeah. for it because you don't want to smell like a fucking human wasteland as you walk into the wedding. A sulfur pit. <laughs> right. Well, Kathleen's brother, Jimmy. Remember Jimmy, right? Good I do remember. Jimmy. Yeah, it was like five Jimmy. seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, he came over at five to go to the wedding. Yep. Okay. I don't know why he was coming to pick him up, but maybe he was coming to get a ride. It didn't say. It's weird. He came over to the house for the wedding. He had an envelope with... in his coat pocket for the catering. He left the coat in the kitchen while they were getting ready, and later when he went to retrieve the coat, the envelope envelope was gone. Hmm. Gone, disappeared. They never found it, by the way. Through the rest of the the, the, uh, book, they only mentioned it one more time, and they never found the the $1,500. So if you're living in 112 Ocean Ave or 108 Ocean Ave now, uh, there is (laughs) $1,500 apparently... Hidden somewhere. Don't know where, but it's somewhere. Well, after it went missing, George offered to go look for it on his new jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. 
Uh, I also got a new car. Uh, well, I don't think fifteen hundred back in nineteen seventy six is gonna get you a new car, but it's a no, great I think down it'll get payment. You a jet ski though, <laughs> it might get you. It might get you a jet ski now. I want a jet ski. Ugh. Well, <laughs> on to the next day. So now we're on to day ten, the morning of December twenty seventh. Um, they were tur- turned home from the wedding at 3 a.m. Oh, there's that number again. So later that day, Kathleen's Aunt Teresa, who is a nun, came and visit them and check out their new house and all that. And while she was doing the tour, or while Kathy was giving her the tour, she came across the sewing room, the playroom, and her Aunt Teresa refused to go in there. She went into every other room, but those two, she refused to go in there, saying, nope. That's another bad place. Hmm. I don't like it. Suddenly she decided, I want to leave, saying, there's something bad in here. Yeah. So I just scared the nun away. <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> Go away. Shoo, shoo. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, let's see here. Father Mancuso blessed it, yep. heard get out, started running a fever shortly after. You have a nun walking in, feeling bad presence in there and leaving because of it. Mm-hmm. So there's... Any religious person is feeling a bad presence, bad vibes from this this house. Bad juju. So after her, her Aunt Teresa's sudden departure, Kathy went down to the basement because she wanted to make one of the closets in the basement a new pantry. And as she was putting the cans on the shelves, she discovered there was another room behind the closet wall. The, the, the back wall was moving. Yep. She called down George. George came down. He pushed on the wall which was actually a secret door that entered into a hidden room that was not on the floor plan, any floor plans. No shit. None. Nope. This room was small. It had blood red walls and blood red ceiling. It smelled like what George said. It was the smell of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, that irony like, copper yeah, smell. Yeah. Yeah. So again, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, look, a secret room. Oh, it smells like blood. This awesome. is the blood room. <laughs> So they went to bed at that. That was all that happened that day. Day 11. Mm-hmm. The return of Frank Mancuso. Father Mancuso was visited by John Frida. Frido. Frido. Frida. Frida. Frida or Frido. I actually have written both ways in this story. It's <laughs> one of the two. Heir to the Frito Lake. Surgeon John. <laughs> uh, they discussed the DeFeo case and, and, uh, and, Father Mancuso expressed his, his worry for the Lutz family and everything. And suddenly, Sergeant Frida, or Frida, he started feeling ill, and he decided to leave. Again. Just randomly. Just Sergeant Frida, not oh, Father Frida's Mancuso. Sorry, yeah, sorry. he started feeling ill and decided to leave. On his way home, he passed the bar, that very same bar that Robert DeFeo, can, allegedly, after murdering his family, and he swore, swore that he saw a shadow-like figure of Robert DeFeo walking into the bar. Really? It turned out it was actually George. Ah. Meanwhile, George, we'll go back in time, or uh, future time back up forward. <laughs> I don't know. This chapter had a little bit of, it like tells one story and then another, so I mm-hmm. don't know in the timeline where this was. But George received a phone call with no one on the line, just static. Mm-hmm. So George tried to call it back. Nothing. 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 That phone call was Frank Mancuso trying to call Father Mancuso trying to call George again 
getting just static on his end too. Mm-hmm. So they both are still getting static and cannot get a hold of each other for some reason. It's either a ringing and nobody's answering it and the other side. So in Frank Man- uh Father Mancuso. Is his name Frank? His name is Frank. Okay. <laughs> you can use that in Frank. Well, sometimes they have Father Mancuso. And sometimes they have Father or Frank Mancuso. And I'm trying to, it's Father Mancuso. Okay. Right, so, cool. yeah. It's both. They're both right. I just, I'm trying to give the respect the man deserves. He deserves respect. Absolutely. If that's his real name, <laughs> it might have been one of the names that changed, but I think that's his real name. Yep. So anyways, they can't get hold of each other. Long story short. Yep. So frustrated by this. The phone call that George just received it was just static mm-hmm. and nothing on the other line. George went into the living room. Probably go stoke the fire again. <laughs> Meanwhile, he tripped over a ceramic lion that was somehow in the middle of the room. Nobody put it there. It was just there. Huh. Yeah. Uh, he fell. He cut his head a little bit. He had a sore ankle, and there were just teeth marks on his ankle. No big deal. <laughs> um yeah, there were teeth marks on his ankle. Yeah, really? Yeah, Kathy said she uh, looked at his ankle, you know, and she was disturbed because somehow the ceramic line got from, I think it was in the kitchen, uh-huh. to the uh, living room, to which nobody moved it, according to the kids. And then what really disturbed her was the teeth mark on his ankle, which would disturb me too. What the fuck is biting my ankle? Not that. This is the explanation, but did this ceramic lion have teeth exposed? I can neither confirm nor deny that, seeing as I don't know what the ceramic lion looks like. Gotcha. So that was never stated, but the ceramic lion will also make its return. <gasps> Little spoiler alert, I think we're going to have a three-part episode here. We're not even halfway done. <laughs> our first two-parter <laughs> is now our first three-parter. <laughs> woo <laughs> So you remember Father, good old Father Mancuso, right? Yeah, Frankie boy. Hey, Frankie. <laughs> he started running a fever again. Ah, shit. Yep, he ran a fever uh, again. He was such a good fighter. Was? He didn't die. He was just running a fever. Like, <sighs> maybe he just caught the old flu bug again for the second time in three days. <laughs> it's possible. You know, making a vicious comeback. On day 12, December 29th, mm-hmm. 1976. Five. 75. Yes. It's yes, one year after. 75, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're almost in 76. I, I jumped the gun, you know. Kathleen was laying down to take an afternoon nap when she was awoken by a noise in the sewing room. Fucking sewing room. Goddamn Jody. Jesus. Sounded like someone opening and closing the window. And she decided she was going to leave it and not go investigate. Meanwhile... George was out of the house. He was researching the history of the house and the history of the DeFeo case. On his way home, he was driving. <laughs> while he was driving, uh, he stopped at a stoplight. There was a noise. There was a weird noise in the back of his car. And when he stopped, when he stopped at a stoplight, the car next to him opened the window. When he opened his, and they said. Your wheel is falling off. Huh. So his car wheel was falling off, and yeah. he, he got out to tighten it. It was loose. It literally, like, the lug nuts were coming off, um, and the wheel was close to falling off. Shit. Jody's trying to kill him. You get the whole, yeah, right? <laughs> Everything brought together, and it just it leads to weirdness. Yes. So now the next day, December 30th, this is day 13 in the house, Oh, Frankie boy. Frankie. Father Mancuso. He woke up 
to body aches, and he had redness on his palms that started to hurt. So now we have a fever. Now his body aches, which still can be the flu. Yeah. But now his palms are red and started to hurt. So this poor guy is taking a beating just from blessing this fucking house. Yeah, Seriously. I would say. Just, just leave. Go across the river. They can't follow you there. <laughs> on this day, again, mm-hmm. we're on day 13th, December 30th, 1975. George was doing some more research, and he discovered that the Shinnecock, which are a Native American tribe that used to live back in the day in that area, mm-hmm. used the land on the river for the sick, the mad, and the dying. They just kept them penned up and, until they died of exposure. Mm-hmm. A great way to die. Mm-hmm. They said they would never use the land as a burial because they believed it was infested with demons. The next day, after finding out the uh, Shinnecock wouldn't build their burial grounds because of the demons, the next day it was New Year's Eve, 1975. Almost 1976. We're so close. Less than 24 hours. Our, our dear friend, our good, good man, Father Mancuso. He died. He was still with us. So, But Ooh. he woke up with a fever, yep. and his hands... They were blistering and festering. And as the day went on and into the night, yeah. those blisters then went on to the back of his hand. So now his hands are blistering and hurting and festering on top of the fever. This poor motherfucker. It sounds like radiation burns. Right? It's, it's something. And that's all just after blessing of the house. And obviously the, the calls, they have the static issues. Maybe yeah. there's something there. Because it seems to happen... Seemed to have started happening again after that recent phone call, if you remember. They had the static, and then all of a sudden his hands and the flu and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, so yeah, this poor bastard. God save him. So, during the night, obviously it's it's New Year's Eve. They're going to celebrate New Year's with just the immediate family, nothing special. And George saw the ceramic lion and, and Kathy asked him to put it in the sewing room, get it out of sight. It was creeping her out for some reason. So he went up to the sewing room to put the ceramic lion up in there, and you'll never guess what happened. 315. <laughs> uh, no. no, no. <laughs> what, are you stone cold? <laughs> you woke, it's 316, but still. You woke up at 315. <laughs> no, no, this, he was already awake. This I know, what night. happened in the sewing room? <laughs> Goddamn flies returned oh, all over the windows. Bastards. Well, if he would fucking shower more than one time a week. Yeah. Fucking oh, and you got a jackass. pig man living in there. You can't smell good. Yeah, it already smells like a... I figured it out. What? I don't know. What? Yeah. The pig man attracting flies. <laughs> Possibly. Smelling it up. So after smelling it up. Well, they had that scent. That really foul scent. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The demonic type of yeah. horse, or, uh, horse shit. <laughs> I meant to say human feces, and it came out horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. You get the fuck. Get know. the point. Get the fuck. So they celebrated the New Year's Eve, and... Hello? George and Kathy brought the kids up to bed. They sat by the fire for a little bit just to, to bring in the new year. I know this kind of runs into January 1st, but after the new year had arrived, Kathy 
and George, right before they were going to put out the fire, saw a demonic figure with horns and a hood on its head. In the fire. In the fire. Half of its face was blown away. So it has half a face, uh-huh. hooded figure, horns. They see it in the fire. It was a white figure. And then it proceeded to burn itself into the soot in the back of the fireplace. So now you have this hooded, demonic figure uh, burnt into the back soot of your fireplace. Huh. Creepy yeah. as shit. <laughs> Again, that's day 14, and I would have said, fuck that. Um, and you all are going to have to wait to hear the next and final two weeks where it really picks up. Some real shit happens next week. When, surprise, we're doing a part three. <laughs> part three. Part three. That, I didn't realize this one was going to be so long, but hey. It's a long one. It's all good. And we will uh, we will return next Monday for the final creepy two weeks of the Lutz family stay at 112 Ocean Ave. <laughs> uh, so, Lennon, what, what is your thoughts here? The first two weeks, stay, leave, fuck that shit. What would you do? Yeah, I'm going to take the fuck that shit option. Yeah. I would be out, uh, especially when my daughter came up to me and said that her best friend's a pig man that only she can see. And I had seen that fucking pig man behind her in that window the one time. If you remember, she told her mother, she told Kathy, and she told the boys that it was a pig man thing that only she could see. She never told George, and nobody has told George about Missy seeing a quote-unquote imaginary friend that is a pig. That does come up. That's right, George. That you does did come say up, George. though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he well, can't. Still. He can't make that connection when he doesn't have that connection to make. All right. Well, still, but I'm on the fuck that territory. Yeah, I. I would be on the fuck that territory too. As of right now, first two weeks, manageable. It's manageable. Nothing too scary. Kids see imaginary friends all the time. Most of the stuff is explainable weird as shit mm-hmm. but explainable but i will tell you after the third week fuck that shit indeed fuck that shit i would not stay okay yeah fuck that fuck that shit so you guys got something to look forward to the next week uh thank you for listening to this week's episode be sure to check out our socials and our website for more info and merch tell a friend Leave us a review. We want to know what you guys like about the show, what your thoughts are on the show. Any suggestions would help, too. Suggestions, yes. Uh, If you'd like to reach out to us privately, you can do so through our email at dtscast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. Join us next. I'm still recording. Join us next Monday for part three. And in the meantime, we urge you to stay curious, be vigilant, and remember, don't. Touch my Sasquatch. Lay your hands off him. (laughs) See ya. Peace. Buckle in. Buckle up. Strap up. I haven't read this far, so give me a second. Turn out. It's so far back. Holy shit. Now it's too close. I'm loving <laughs> these sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> yep. oh. Sounds. Thank you for doing your job. Shut up. Anymore? <laughs> that looks painful. <laughs>
It hurt a little bit. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. End of recording. <laughs> Woo.